Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 378 of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there. And Jordan Biardi. How's it going? And uh, we're here to talk about some early January game industry news, because this is when the industry is starting to wake up after the uh, holiday lull, and we've got some ridiculous stories to talk about, actually. Um, All the drama is unfolding as uh, the Days Gone director, Jeff Ross, uh, is uh, getting on the soapbox quite often these days to talk about uh, the perceived failure, so to speak, of, uh, of Days Gone. Which uh, that's two years out now, right? That was that was a 2019. Yeah, game, I mean it? the yeah the uh, what's it called the uh, PC version only launched last year, I believe. Uh, okay, so it's still relatively fresh, but mm-hmm. um, or no, so this was a 2020 game, right? Because it launched against uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is that actually is one of the correct. points of contention um, that it was. Uh, Ross feels it was compared unfairly to Ghost of Tsushima, which uh, was praised for selling about eight million copies, while Days Gone <laughs> did about the same and. Yeah, so seems like it would be the other way around on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what did you guys think about uh, Ross's comments this week or recently? Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, I feel that his point wasn't wrong that it did it did get a lot of flack because it didn't really get the critical reception that Ghost Tsushima did get. And that being said, I don't necessarily think. Uh, that was unwarranted. I think there's a lot of problems in the game. There's a lot of good ideas within Days Gone, but there was also a lot of kind of jankiness to the entire world. Hmm. I mean, I I, I look. I remember when I like I saw the initial trailer for Days Gone, and like I just like rolled my eyes, and it just like completely glazed over because I was like, you know, in the year of our Lord. 2019 2020 when this game was announced slash came out like who the Mm. hell honestly thought that it was a good idea to put out yet another open world zombie survival game with crafting elements and a stupid motorcycle like but that motorcycle is real cool (laughs) it's not cool enough to sell a game apparently norman reedus did it (laughs) yeah no but, but that had the added benefit of being norman reedus yeah. This was um, <laughs> who's the guy from Being Human, and um, uh, that Jedi game. Oh, um, oh, what's it? he was in? He's in Shameless, and he's Is the it? Joker. No, no, that's not right. Is okay, it? I think you talking about Jedi Fallen Order or some other Jedi game? The other Jedi game. Oh, uh, oh, so you're talking about Star Wars Unleashed? So Sam Witwer. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he had some things to say about uh, the whole experience too, about journalists not playing the game properly for reviews. And oh, did they? Yeah, he threw really journalists under the bus for, um, for quote unquote, like not playing the game properly or not seeing enough of the game before they reviewed it. Something about missing the horde mode in it. Um, I wasn't in the field at the time. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah, that would have saved it all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that would have really pulled it up to the eight or nine point <laughs> yeah that would have made up for all the bugs and the bull crap <laughs> i don't think it was a bad game i just think it had a lot of problems yeah it was it was a bit undercooked but it, like i said like you know even even the best of like those kinds of like those kinds of games at this point like the genre has been beaten to death like mm-hmm. nobody cares about it anymore. Like, th- not even Back for Blood didn't even like review that well. Like for as, as many problems as it had, like mm-hmm. 
nobody really cared just because again it's like oh more zombies and like <laughs> yeah back for back for blood had that like left for dead pedigree mm-hmm. otherwise i think it would have landed with very much a wet like flop <laughs> um, mm-hmm. as much as as much as days gone kind of yeah, exactly i mean days gone like it technically looked nice sure enough but it also like i was also at that time really tired of the walking dead itself like i stopped watching mm-hmm. the show a few like a year or two before that so to basically turn that into a like a game that does nothing for me right down to like bargain bin norman Reedus ripoff mm-hmm. um and someday <laughs> yeah. we'll have an episode of the show where we don't talk about Reedus, but uh, that's that's, two weeks that's impossible <laughs> uh, no. i just don't i it's a lot of people were complaining the fact it didn't get the reviews that it, they thought it deserved i don't think that would have changed anything and i think sony's choice to put accolades on it or not put on it is not really related to any of that stuff like ghost of Tsushima still doesn't have a sequel so it's not as if um it's getting a sequel and days gone isn't or something along those lines it's more of just the fact that there's more staying power to one over the other. And the storyline to one just yeah. had more impact than the other. Yeah. And more originality in the concept too. Like um, that's something that's the ghost of Tsushima isn't something that people have done to death. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's been a while since we had a, like a Kurosawa type story of any medium really. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing too. Like even like, you know, like debatably you could say that like a, a game like ghost of Tsushima, like, like is like has kind of been done to death because you know the whole like just the open world game with stealth crafting mm-hmm. all that stuff like assassin's creed and all that stuff like it kind of has been done to death but because it really had that cool like samurai uh, setting and like the kurosawa flair behind it like and like artistically it had a lot of like vision behind it it stood out a lot more than just you know yet another zombie game with survival mechanics mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that being said too, like it's not like Ghost of Tsushima is like a perfect game by any means. Oh. I I reviewed the director's cut. It's like played mm-hmm. for the first time this past summer, and uh, it's a fantastic game, amazing, beautiful experience. But there's a lot they left on the table that they could have done more with. Like I felt like the the story choices weren't really relevant, and you know mm-hmm. it didn't really matter how you play the game. It kind of forced you down those avenues anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, definitely wasn't a perfect game either. But you know, it, not every game could be Death Stranding. Let's face it. Oh, oh that, a, that, epic game. that pillar of <laughs> that's how you do yeah. open world games Pepfellas. just put some ghosts and deliver packages and norman and Reedus. oil whales up and on Max the up, up on the echelon of perfect games we have that's <laughs> trending uh... <laughs> yeah, where's that's trending two at anyways but that talk about it's coming um, maybe maybe no, not who knows no. well that's trending I mean, two I mean, sons of liberty Kojima did say it was the first strand type game, so who knows what other strand type games he has cooking the up strand in the of his oh, <laughs> strandoverse, yeah. Terrifies me. <laughs> uh, just make just speak my controller move across the floor again. I, I just want more Psycho Mantis nonsense. Metal Gear Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Metal Gear, there was actually an interesting story up on the website. Uh, it's not on our outline here, actually, for, for the show, but uh some unused scripts of service from Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally didn't play Five. I'm really I've been turned off from the series since like the second one. Really? But, Why? because uh, Metal Gear Solid is like this. I I still think of it as like a masterpiece, and it, mm-hmm. everything after that kind of soured. Like I didn't. I had a hard time getting into the concept of three when it came out, and just never got you around know, to it. Interesting. It's interesting that you say that because I kind of well. I mean, I missed. So I only ever really played uh, Metal Gear One when they re-released it on the Cube. Right. Um, 
And I think that, like, the only reason that I enjoyed it as much as I did was because of, like, how much they improved the gameplay of it. Like, I went back and played on the PS1, and it is, like, impossible. <laughs> Even, like, the first fight with Psycho Mantis is, like, nuts compared to the Cube version. Um, and then I didn't play 2, just, like, out of, you know, not, not really owning a PS2 till way late into its lifespan. And then, yeah, like, when I played 3 for the first time, it was the 3DS version, which was, like, again, not the way to play it. No. So like my my gap of Metal Gear really went from one to five, and I was like obsessed with five when it came out. Like it was so good. Now, see, I I eventually played four when I got my PS3 because it, it it had been out for a while. And I was like all excited to try the, try this out and see where it had gone, mm-hmm. and it just did nothing for me. Yeah, um, all I heard, having, I heard. Well, and, and then having David Hater missing too is like why yeah. this doesn't snake. I don't care who you yeah. cast. It's, it's, hey, it's Hater or nothing. It, that um, that bothered me a bit or a lot too. Even even with sort of like a like a loose connection to Metal mm-hmm. Gear, like respecting the pedigree of Hater as the voice of Solid Snake was kind of that. It really was that um, that really like kind of slimy game industry thing where it was like let's take you know a prominent voice actor who earned his status mm-hmm. as this guy's voice and you know slap in the big famous Hollywood actor. Like who honestly who cares? Yeah. It's like it's bad Both enough that they get past the movies and stuff. But yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Both were Canadian. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they, I, they at least stuck to that gun. That's a that's something <laughs> consistency I, somewhere. I remember hearing four was a rough experience because I even I like four. people but like people that I knew who really loved the series were like just like it's like literally like you 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 walk for five minutes, here's a twenty minute cutscene. You shoot a guy, here's another thirty minute cutscene. Mm, I like, don't I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think there was there were a lot of moments like, of that. That's an exaggeration, but yeah, no, it's not. There was a lot of. There was some of that though. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, remember, like, I remember Metal Gear was bad for that. Like you got a lot of cutscenes on Metal Gear. Yeah. Like, that was unheard of a Metal uh, Cinema in that game at the time. I heard a lot of people say like four was the 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 example where you could you could see where like Kojima really just wanted to make a movie, but he's like just <laughs> still making games. I yeah, I'm actually surprised he hasn't done a full 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 of movie at this point. Like he's already. In, like, like really tight with Del Toro and and yeah. stuff. Like you have the means to just make a movie. But now, did you play Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? Uh no. Because that one. one, oh boy, that is a fucking romp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that that was the full blown Raiden. Oh yeah, sequel, right. He yeah. literally he literally like picks up like he suplexes a Metal Gear. Like, like, yeah, you, you just... know all that kooky crap we added into Twin Snakes? Here's a game of it. Mass is just a number. Yeah. <laughs> just... What could go wrong? <laughs> Speaking of what could go wrong and nonsense, uh, NFTs. Hooray! Hooray! Future, it's here, <laughs> finally. <laughs> just wrong, like we envisioned. Uh, so recently, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week because we spent mm-hmm. the whole episode talking about our game of the year picks and mm-hmm. things like that, but um score enix uh president uh, matsuda oh my god uh on start of the year off with a, with a real bang talking about uh possibilities of score enix using blockchains and nfts in their games and all this other nonsense um gamers everywhere kind of said what the hell are you doing and the shareholders said hey we're in <laughs> like the I, stocks actually went up i really loved it um because uh, James Stephanie Sterling did a great video on it that like Square Enix, who debatably is the most famous, like their most famous well-known game mm. is Final Fantasy VII. 
And that game's like first chapter plot is about an evil corporation driven by greed to destroy the planets. And here is Square Enix now, completely like blissfully unaware of the irony, doing that in real life. <laughs> Like, like, oh my god, it's art so imitates gross. life and life imitates art, I guess, too. Like, did they not learn? I mean, obviously, like Konami, too, because, like, you know, Konami is Konami and Konami is the worst. Like, they're, you know, more concerned about doing everything wrong as opposed to making video games. Mm-hmm. Like, they were gonna, you know, seeing them get into the NFT game was kind of just like, okay, yeah, what else you got? But it's like, like, d- does nobody learned? Like, Ubisoft couldn't get this thing off the ground. Like, I, I guess, you know, because Peter Molyneux made a ton of money off of his slimy NFT game, like, people were like, oh, yeah, this is the way we're going to do it. Like, and, and how are how are video game NFTs, like, the way that they're presenting it, even the way Ubisoft presented it, like, how are they different from, like, just regular in-app purchases? That's the thing, right? Um, there's, like, a, there's almost, like, a misconception even, too, that, like, they're all, like, they're, like, they're, they're, that they're equivalent, right? Um, Square Enix actually shadow dropped this new Final Fantasy spin-off game called Chocobo GP Dash. It's like a really bare bones. Um, I, I, I don't even want to call it racing. It's it's, it's more like a mini game where you have a yeah. forward button and a back button, and you're moving a chocobo through these really simple courses. Um, and s- such is the damage to the company's trust that I saw people online saying, "Oh, this is this is an NFT or something, isn't it? Like, there's going to be NFTs involved in this. Like, it's it's." NFTs are just like obviously there's a whole technical side that I don't, I don't fully I'll, I feel I don't fully understand the whole ramifications of the blockchain and the damage to the environment. Um, not denying it, I'm just saying I don't personally understand it. But oh, it's just I could I could break it down for you pretty basically. So it's basically <laughs> like the the amount of like so the the, the currency that's typically uh, used for it, um, Ethereum. Uh, it takes a lot of data like to to use it and like to share it and all that data has to be stored on servers and the more servers that you have to use to like store all that data basically like needs a lot of energy which is detrimental to the environment like because where is that energy going to come from right so yeah basically people were saying oh this is an nft or something but like no if if anything it's just standard currencies and, and dlc and stuff like it's can just throw the NFT thing around as though it's you know the same same thing we've been getting charged for in games for the past ten years, um, but at the same time like they've they've damaged their trust now. People are just like, what's or is, is this some kind of scam to get like NFTs out of us or something? It, it, um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I I feel like time and time again the game industry has shown us that like like there is more like now the the facade has been completely dropped like. You know when, when they 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 you know AAA gaming really did try to justify it with like, uh, with like you know microtransactions and loot boxes and how they like mm. they definitely add value to the game, but realistically they were just you know in the moment cash grab techniques. Like and once once they kind of became faux pas, they were dropped really really quickly. Like now it's like they just moved on to the next one. All oh, people are you know trading uh nfts is like this big money making scam right now how can we get it on the ground floor of it mm-hmm. like yeah Mat- Mat- matsudo's um letter kind of reads like hey we have a chance to make some money here we're going to investigate it and you know it's got tone which... deaf and everything like that which i c- can't blame a business for trying to make money that's what they're but... there for but at but... the same time it's like read the room like <laughs> like ubisoft just weeks before got like destroyed by their own employees like they're yeah 
but here's here's the thing that 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 drives me crazy about like just that 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 kind of mentality is like you know you can't fault a business for wanting to make money but these guys are in the business of making video games like why mm -hmm. do they feel the need to chase all these extra like avid like revenue streams like like they already have like is it not enough to have microtransactions to have loot boxes to have paid sponsorships to have mm -hmm. you know like tie-ins like to have you know to like to have all this extra stuff it's like why can't you just make a video game like ship it get the money that you made from the game you made and then use that money to make the next game that's how it used to work whoa whoa whoa, whoa. crazy make a, make a good game and ship it what no, no, we need to have our Totino's pizza roll tie-in. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jordan, they've always had like tie-ins and all this other stuff. I mean, remember Cool Spot the game? Well, okay, but that's the McDonald's game. The I've seen game. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's never like been there. I'm just saying it is decidedly worse. Raisins game. But it, I mean, like, yeah, going, okay, but you know what? I, okay, you know what? I disagree because at least the like the McDonald's game, like at least they were video games. They were products to consume. They were games. It's not just like here's a half baked game that you could also hey go buy some Totino's pizza rolls and type in the code. Like I don't want to have to buy pizza if I want to buy a McDonald's video game. At least it's a fucking video game. <laughs> Is it though? Uh, you know what? The actual old McKids game on the NES is a lot better than it gets credit for. It was halfway competent. Cool spot and, uh, was garbage. <laughs> uh, as as Fizzle Gig in, in in the chat pointed out, the Burger King bike riding game was fun. So they're not they're not all. Was it? <laughs> Sneak King. You know. Creepy. You know what? Those. That's what I mean. Those games, as as irreverent as they were, were at least like like games to play yeah. <laughs> like... not jpegs not fancy environmental yeah. uh, challenging jpegs um and not if, if scoring is doing uh, nfts doesn't quite uh, get your fancy konami is also trying to get in on the deal too for the uh, i mean of course they did for the 30th yeah, anniversary did. of castlevania because you know why make a game when you can just make pachinko machines and nfts mm -hmm. like they don't have any good franchises in their pocket or anything you know no, none. Mm. Um, well, but this and this is the thing too, and I've been, you know, and I, I keep saying it. It's like it's like you know, as uh, there's there, realistically, there's no reason to support any of this. And and as far as it goes, like towards like the properties that they have, it's like those properties don't exist in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. like like you could still make a game like Silent Hill and have it be just as good. Like like um, you could you actually made. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like igarashi made bloodstained and not only did he make a really solid uh like like mm. metroidvania style version of it he made they made two like side scrolling any like eight bit old like classic castlevania style games that were mm. just as good like you can still make those games and just not have to call them castlevania yeah but you don't have that pedigree there, so yeah. Now, I, now they're just gonna make NFTs out of the uh, the anniversary, and don't worry, they'll 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 check you to make sure that your username isn't socially unacceptable. Um, un <laughs> unlike the one that our writer uh, Dennis pointed out, as a uh, boner gamer sixty nine will not fly. I mean, a real shame. Fair. I mean, I do love my boner gamer sixty nine, but you know, I guess we I we all know you you've used that hashtag for years, but the uh... classic, the the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> 
xx uh, weed smoker x hashtag 420 xx <laughs> hashtag blaze it 420 yeah. you know me so well that is definitely who i am <laughs> yeah. it was gamer tag back in the day truth is revealed um <laughs> anyways <laughs> moving on from mt nonsense mm. uh it was revealed recently that ify e3 ify E3 2022 will be online again, which uh, I can't say I'm totally surprised. I didn't think uh, the way things were going that it was going to actually happen. But um, Jordan, you actually had a really interesting piece on the website this week about Mm. whether or not we still need E3. Uh, (laughs) Tell me what you really thought. (laughs) I'm with the car. What what was your favorite part of the article? What was your favorite Uh, sentence? You tell me what your favorite part was. (laughs) I I definitely read it. (laughs) Oh, I should know so. <laughs> just blacked out. I, I, he woke up there. Yeah, like, yeah. I went into a fugue state. <laughs> just started typing. You know, something, Jordan. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's how I do my best writing, Brandon. It, it would explain <laughs> so a few I, things. I slip into my alternate personality. I go to the dark place and <laughs> the quiet. <laughs> that actually would explain a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, so I, I just, I, you know, I came up with a little article because I've been thinking about this for a little while now about. Um, and, and and part of it was a little bit more like brought on by um, my feelings towards the game awards this year. Okay. Yep. Um, where it really like number one, it really does feel like in a in a year or two, really, where a lot of like the industry's um, really like dirty bad side has been brought to light. Mm-hmm. Like things like the game awards and E3, which, you know, are these like monumental like moments in gaming that kind of celebrate the industry feel like they don't belong in an industry that doesn't really like deserve celebration right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also kind of felt about it for like, like uh, for a little while now that like E3 kind of as an event, as big as it is, just doesn't really feel as special as it used to like just because like like the the way e3 sort of used to work back in sort of like the early days to like pre-internet days mm-hmm. um of like kind of, you really you really did have to like genuinely wait for big information on games you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you had your like monthly gaming magazines and then when e3 rolled around it was like the big deal of the year but it's like nowadays information about like game development, like the whole process of from start to finish of like game development, like from announcement to, to like de- to release is so like openly shared and widely available that it really hardly feels necessary to have like uh, a, a, an event like E3 where half of the time, most of these developers or these, you know, or our publishers don't really have anything like ready to show they have a jpeg or a you know an mp4 of a of a of a mm-hmm. logo and it's like oh get ready that game is definitely coming like who remembers how many people actually remember that bethesda announced a new elder scrolls like how many years ago like well it's a while ago oh my god that was the that was... that's what i mean that was like that was... 2018 or 2017 yeah it was one of the thing. last ones before the pandemic yeah they just showed a, a a landscape and a title, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a a game. Like that's a concept. I mean, to, we to have. be fair, Microsoft also did that with um, Fable. Oh yeah, absolutely. But even a Fable's another a prime example too. Like it's a lot of this. It's a lot of these 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 things. Like it's like like a lot of these uh, these these like AAA publishers 
feel so desperate to have something for E3 that they just like mm-hmm. they they're not even like ready to like to announce it, but they just they need to have content. Whereas like I feel like um as far back as and I didn't I actually didn't even realize that it was as far back as 20 um like 2014 that Nintendo stopped showing up at E3 and just started doing digital events. I thought it was mm-hmm. like I thought they started doing it in 2015. Um so like I feel like they've kind of proven that you really don't need like a big production for like E3 mm-hmm. specifically when you can have like reasonable announcements throughout the year. Yeah, and that just... that was an Iwata thing too. Yeah, and then you mentioned mm-hmm. it. That's what I mean. He was yeah. behind the first few directs. Yeah, I hadn't kind of kind of those dots either. Um, so like it's you know, and, and not to say that Nintendo like obviously like you know is is like um is like you know free from this too because they always mm-hmm. you know for the last couple of years they they really have like you know they've come to E3 with at least like one big announcement but really nothing bigger than what they would have shown at like a typical like yearly Nintendo Direct like. So it just it just kind of seems to me like like really like really like there's really no need to have an E3 anymore. Like when mm-hmm. it when it's just like like you can make this and it it puts a lot less pressure I think on the publishers on the developers. And I know you said Brendan um that like E3 is a is a reasonable excuse for like a lot of these companies to kind of like balance their books and just like, you know, if they have like money left over at the end of the year they could they could spend it on E3. But it just seems I mean, to me like it's. I said that a long time ago, but it is true. That's yes, it is true. But it's stuck up in here. <laughs> but it's also, it also... Like any event like there's a marketing budget, and E3 mm-hmm. is the marketing budget. They could spend that on E3. They could also spend it on their own events. They could spend it on a stream. They could spend it on a tournament. There's lots of ways yeah. companies can spend this money. But it is all they have to spend a certain amount of money for marketing, and E3 is well, one of the marketing opportunities. Well, that's that's part of my argument there is that like you know for if to, if you sort of eliminate the the, the necessity for these things mm-hmm. and maybe you sort of reevaluate your marketing budget, you can take a big percentage of that budget and redirect it into maybe I don't know paying your employees they don't livable though. wages. Like, they don't do that though. No, no, no of course not. I mean, it's not I mean, Jordan, the answer is they have to market the game. Like no matter what they do, even sure. if they do E3, they're going to market it in a different way. They might do. Uh, sponsorships they might do paid twitch streamers they might do lots of different things it just might not be the giant booth at a convention that only journalists in a select few of the industry get to go to yeah i mean i think we're gonna see um the the, the nature of, of this beast change a lot in the next few mm-hmm. years because it to answer like the, the the point of your of your of your article and your and your think piece here do we need e3 in its current form mm-hmm. i think we've proven that we don't need the current iteration mm-hmm. or, or at least the pre-pandemic iteration um because like, yeah, like you said we saw all the other all, all, all these publishers and, and developers develop their own kind of stand-ins for the for these things like mm-hmm. square enix started square enix presents where yeah. they get matthew mercer to talk up some some trailers um, state of play ten- yeah state yeah. of play nintendo's killing it with the nintendo direct still and even you have dedicated indie directs yeah. all this stuff um, idea and xbox does some stuff yeah, yeah, everybody's kind of got their own standard for this now, um, or at least most major publishers are starting to mm. put this in place and make it like a recurring thing. But um, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I really feel that there is still like a place for E3, um, but not so much to like celebrate the industry for the industry's sake, like it kind mm-hmm. of was for self-sustaining, almost masturbatory thing of like, hey, we're the gaming industry. How great are we? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, in, in its current form, no, we don't need it. But I think we do need to reinvent it somehow and and to get it back and up to date you know, in, a, in a relevant form. And I don't just say that because I really want to go to an E3 one day and I haven't had the chance because of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> it's not at all a personal bias thing. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the, the answer is I think there's a place for E3, there's a place for PAX, there's a place for all these events. It's just as a giant show of wealth, I don't think they have as much place and I don't think they have as much place for just to show off how amazing the industry is, as you said. I think it is a place for to give, because it is hard to kind of bring journalists all over the country with all these different countries, bringing them saying, oh, we have to see this latest game and this latest game. It is a good way to kind of having a, a central location that journalists can see like 30 games at once, which is something that is a lot mm -hmm. harder to do without an in-person event. Well, and, and that's and that's something I, I touched on in my in my in my article as well, too, is that like, you know, the just the nature of how journalists like present this information realistically it's it's always generally squared on the games so like you don't need to really be on the show floor like you know especially personally i haven't you know been to e3 but like i know from you know from your experiences and, and you know and former writers that like it's you 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 really as a as as a fan of video games if you go there as a journalist you can't enjoy it because it's like you you know you you're bouncing between you know, okay here's the the Microsoft showcase then once that's over we got to run over to the Bethesda one now we got to run over to the Ubisoft and we got to run over like so it's just all day it's just just nonstop and it, even now like it feels almost a little bit less special because it's like they opened it up to the public now so it's not really like it's a you know once in a in a year event for for journalists to really like you know to really like um, have like their big moment. It's like, it's just a kind of another convention, but like, you know, any, anything you put out as in trailer form, if you have these kind of like directs or, you know, the, 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 the like the live stream mm -hmm. sort of like trailer things, that's all That's all like the, the readers and, and the, and most journalists are really focused on. It's not like the actually being on the show floor and getting that experience. Like you can drop a trailer and we'll write about it in, you know, in, in, thir in half an hour, like, you know, we can set up interviews with developers and stuff. That's that, that that stuff can be done throughout the year, like during the the show floor. You know, pumping out those articles, doing those interviews, and and writing them, transcribing and and editing and all that stuff. That that takes way too long. You're not going to focus on that during the event. That all comes after. Yeah, it's another element too. Yeah, like the pandemic has proven that we don't necessarily need this as a delivery method for those th things. Mm -hmm. um, just yesterday, I spent the afternoon in, in a demo session for for an upcoming game, which I can't talk about. But um, yeah, no. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, I remember what you did. It was, did it was today as well. It was a pretty easy uh, process if you think about it. Like you just install this thing with this with this code, and boom, yeah. um, delete it out. Like burn after reading, and you're like you're off to the races. Like you don't need to go across the country to play a demo um, right. anymore. So that's one of the many things they need to kind of reconcile yeah. in the next kind of iteration of E3, whatever it is, and whatever it actually happens in person. And I and um, I and I so, uh, sorry, guys, I don't mean to cut no, you no. off there. I think like even in my own experience of doing that too, like when I got to do the solar ash preview, like mm. it, it definitely does seem like it's genuinely easier for the like interviewee, um, you know, just because like, again, like, you know, you had Alex Preston in a, in a discord chat with like 15 other journalists. And while he's sort of demoing, you know, there's a minute where he can sort of stop and, and take questions and, and your people can type in their questions if they have them, like it's easier to address each person like and, and actually like get to that thing than like you know to be 
constantly setting up interviews and have like, okay, here's, I got I have to have a half an hour blocked here, half an hour blocked here, half an hour mm-hmm. blocked here, just one solid session, you know, and then you can actually deal with this many people all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's easier for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was actually a good point too about the public being involved too. That was a, it's been so long since that's kind of changed that I kind of forgot it was even a thing mm-hmm. that uh, used to be this very exclusive thing. I, I, I do very well remember the waiting for those extra fat issues of like, electronic game magazine or whatever yeah. like when, when, the, when, yeah. the, when the e3 news would come up like the june issue is coming up like here comes all the news now yeah. it's just like you just tune into twitter during the day and like, oh, okay this That's is coming. Yeah. this is coming okay neat and it's like kind of lost that charm a little bit mm-hmm. um but when e3 does happen uh i do expect to see quite a few razor zephyr masks on people's faces um <laughs> provided that they can actually get their hands on them although razor did catch a little bit of flack this week when uh their claims about these masks being N95 certified were busted. Like it was an episode of Mythbusters. Yeah, um, that was they sad. Made some... Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. <laughs> we personally around the CGM Slack chat have been pretty enthusiastic about these things. <laughs> yeah, I really want one. Razor, um, if you're listening. We mm. kind of went through this like collective ride of this is so ridiculous. Too. Oh my God, I really, really want to get my hands on one of these. Um, so yeah, Razor had claimed that uh, the, the filters were N95 certified, um, but as you might be able to tell from the price point, like it's a hundred bucks for this reusable mm-hmm. voice amplified face mask, um, and it, the 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 filters within are not N, N95 certified, and that they do not have 99% bacterial filtration efficiency. Oh, that's um, not great. Yeah. No, it's a little disappointing. Um, Razor, that's just like flagrant false marketing. <laughs> yeah pretty much the definition um <laughs> to the point where now razor has tweeted out a disclaimer saying that they are not medical devices respirators surgical masks or ppe and are not mm. to be used in uh, medical or clinical settings which i don't think was the concern <laughs> i mean uh, i mean i kind of want to see the the situation where you do wear a zephyr mask in a hospital i would love to see if i went in for surgery and my doctor was wearing a zephyr mask i would trust him 100 <laughs> percent because like, you, you, you know he's been grinding on surgeon simulator yeah. like you know he's been tuning up he's um, got that really sick like lg rgb pattern going i was like all right this guy's on the level that's the last thing you see like, everything goes dark but the yeah. lg rgbs are just pulsing in front of you yeah, yeah. and i want his um, voice change kind of darth vader sound you're like, <laughs> good you're like is, is that real or am i tripping off the off the gas and then you're out you don't know so, you never will know it's a very peaceful it's a very peaceful way to go into slumber. I um, your lack of sleep disturbing. I actually want to say that I saw someone in in the in the replies to them when they announced the the pro model or the upgraded model of the mm-hmm. Zephyr, saying that I've been using this in a clinic. Why? <laughs> Can I see your license to practice medicine? Why would like, you? I, don't, I question a lot of things going on with that because it's yeah, just don't do that. Well, I, I, but it, you know what? I, I can sort of understand why, again, like if they initially claimed that they were like N95 certified and safe, like that, you know, because that was their whole marketing campaign, right? It's like, hey, we're mm-hmm. making a safe mask for you to wear during this pandemic, and it's cool. I mean, yeah. cool. debatably, <laughs> <laughs> from a certain point of view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's kind of disappointing. Those claims were made in the first place when they shouldn't have been. But um, yeah, good on Razor to owning up to it, I guess. But uh, yeah, probably shouldn't try to pass off but, 
these things is yeah but do you honestly think they would have owned up to it had they not been myth busted well no because <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they so, would have put it in the, in the suite in the first place right like good on them asterix <laughs> yeah i mean you did the right thing after doing the wrong yeah after thing. you got caught <laughs> doing a questionable thing um and yes hello dana from the chat you can now sound like bane but i can do that anyway i apologize i was born in it no you don't need the hands to do it yeah, the hands are only for the <laughs> It's only for the grip. It's only for the grip to role play it. You have to muffle. You can't. You you can only under only understand every third word. (laughs) I was wondering which would break first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my god! Anyways, um, speaking of yeah. So uh, some sad news actually this week as well. uh, In that comedian and actor Bob Saget passed away over the weekend unexpectedly. Um. Another really sad story. Very about unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk uh, about Betty White? I don't think what, we do. Dude? I don't think we Why mentioned not? Betty White also. Oh, yeah. No, Chris, that are you not aware? <laughs> no, that kind of got lost in the Game of the Year yeah. as well. And I mean, known <laughs> pro strategy gamer Betty White. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, you know, she is, she's hardcore. She's, a, she's just a big person in the industry and i think she's been in, in enough movies we would have covered on the, the cha- <laughs> no on the she hasn't site. actually i looked at a list of movies it's actually very small well like animated movies even uh, then small yeah more a lot of tv, TV appearances and a lot of probably. like like cameos but not really yeah. many like yeah she doesn't she really didn't but I think, act but, all that much well towards i think towards like yeah to her her older age she wasn't really like i mean uh, she was she 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 wasn't young. Let's be clear here. She she well she yeah. It's a good life. <laughs> it's just it's the the heartbreaking thing to me with like both of these stories was just like the circumstance to both of them because you know you have a situation like Betty White where she was literally like like what like two weeks away from her one hundred seventeen birthday, days. I think like, it was what it was. It was like, yeah, it's the seventeenth. Like, yeah, and she died on New Year's Day. Yeah, so she, yeah, she was a little a little two two weeks or more away from her this milestone birthday, and she kicks the bucket and then. Bob Saget, who like you know, 65? just literally, well, sixty five, yeah, but it's just like, like again, like the circumstance, like he just finished a show and he went yeah, back. Yeah, he was really happy about it, and just apparently, yeah, he was. Yeah. He, he tweeted about it that night. He was like really ecstatic. Gets back to his hotel room, heart attack. That is super uh, sad. Thanks for pointing so out in the chat too, Dana. That uh, we also lost Sydney Poitier recently too. Oh yeah, that oh, was sad. So there, there's a it's a theory that celebrities have or go in threes, and that well, there's your three yeah um yeah no uh, when when the news came up about bob like uh I, I saw it through our slack chat first of all um and i noticed earlier in the day that tweet that he had a really good show yeah. and all these things bob saying like I, I watched full house as a as a kid like everyone my age mostly did mm-hmm. um and america's funny some videos they fell off the face of the earth and they recently mm-hmm. like, resurfaced and it was like oh my god he's stand up so filthy mm-hmm. yeah some of the things we talked about were really <laughs> yeah. questionable even for uh, a assumed persona like he used on stage but it's, uh, in recent years, like I've, I've I've seen his podcast take off. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he, like like many stand up comedians, he started a, a podcast for the past couple of years and had mm-hmm. a full lineup of guests and uh, really seemed to be turning his proverbial life around after some after some hard uh, circumstances. I, I I heard him on I want to say it was Mark Maron's podcast, but just talking about his childhood and some of the crap he went through when mm-hmm. he was younger. It's just amazing. Um, and then yeah, all of a sudden just gone like that. Um. Have you guys heard of the cause of death? I don't think I. I don't think I. Oh, that was a heart attack. From what it was I've a heart heard. attack. From what I've heard, yeah. 
I don't know. If, was... I don't know if it's officially been released as like through an autopsy report, mm-hmm. but I think that like right I, the they're saying like early speculation, or they're saying it was it was a heart attack. Mm-hmm. They said it was not any kind of foul play or drugs. So mm-hmm. that that was clear from the the police's report when they um when they found him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dana from the chat says he was a uh, was in his sleep, much like much like Betty White too. Like they had said that she had had, yeah. had a stroke around Christmas Day mm-hmm. actually, and it was complications or you know mm-hmm. side effects of that and being ninety nine. That's uh, and she passed yeah, I mean, as well. So that's fair. Yeah, yeah, sort of a sort of a downer, but uh, um, hmm. sad start to the year. But uh... yeah, but I mean, you know, we're like, you know, we're 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 stuck in this uh, in this eternal hell loop. So it just we're like death it, loop it really... right now. We're we're living death loop right. <laughs> I I don't want to make that one, but uh, you know, well, well, yeah. I I was about to say I feel like being in death loop would be a lot more fun because we could kick dudes off of balconies and. We'd get to be cool '70s style assassins, but this is just <laughs> like true. This is like this is like a Hellraiser puzzle box that we're stuck in. Like I mean, this you is... are bleak today, Jordan. <laughs> well, give me a friggin' break here! Like, holy shit, we just again, like we started off again, second year of a pandemic. Nobody's getting third. their act together. They're a third year of a pa- is it third? No, it's, it's going on third. Well, going into the third year, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess well, it didn't. I guess okay, it was like late 2019. 2019. It started in March 2019. No, yeah, 2020. Yeah. March 2020. No, no, it was 2020. Okay, yeah, this is... yeah, that's right. Because I got Animal Crossing the same kind of like week that it like kicked off. All 20, all 21. Yeah, this is the third year. This will be yeah. the third year. Yeah, the second anniversary yeah, is coming up. Ooh, get your fine. Technically, ready. technically, third year. We can't get our shit together, and then all of our like beloved celebrities are dying. Like, this is. Well, uh... and uh, I could kind of think of it too. Like Bob Saget didn't exactly have a huge career in terms of like sheer number of roles either. Like, um, yeah, kind of like Betty White. He had a couple TV show successes, and that was yeah. It's been kind of riding well, he, on I, the the stand-up career since then. I mean, I think that's, that's fine. He's doing he Bob, was doing well in stand-up. Yeah, but Bob Saget, I feel had like a very um like quintessential like eighties comedian career mm-hmm. like you know he started in stand-up he made it big like he, you know in in a tv show and then he kind of like you know teetered around there like he, he I mean, had he the American, name he did american hum- yeah. Hum- videos. yeah yeah so like it's, it's for that, yeah. many years it's not like it's it's it really, it's not like and you know and, I, and I, I genuinely don't mean this as a date like it's not like he was like showing up in every movie and he had this like prolific career right like he mm-hmm. made it he 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 sort of like took off in a big way and then kind of like had to find his footing again for a while. Right. Yeah, but everybody, but, but he's a name. Everybody knew like everybody from mm-hmm. our generation knew who he was. Like I didn't yeah. even grow up really watching uh full house either. Like I used to watch America's funny home videos all the time, but I knew who Bob Saget was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, it's kind of so soon after uh, Norm Macdonald too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that was a sad, sad one. I just I just went back and I rewatched the uh, the roast of Bob Saget when Norm did his set, and uh, oh was that he, was that was that uh, that was Bob? Eh? Oh my god! It was Bob where he where he did this like that he just got like because I think it was it was the previous Joe uh, the previous roast before I forget who it was uh, but it might have been Joan Rivers or he was told that his set was like too like dirty or too vulgar mm-hmm. so for this for the roast of bob saget he just pulled up these like really like lame dad jokes and he played it completely straight like nobody is laughing and he just keeps like just rattling them off one after the other but you could see bob just like falling over in his chair because he knew exactly what was going on like 
Yeah, no, that's such a that's such a weird coincidence that they passed so close to me yeah. instead of like that. Like that was just yeah. that was because that was that was a big thing to have when Norm died. People were talking about like mm. his best sets and things like that, and mm-hmm. that one where he just went up there and totally tanked it on purpose. <laughs> this yeah. is like one of them. Like this is a master class in how to like be bad at stand up comedy, but also be a genius at the same time. Yeah, that was um, Norm, man. Wow, what a, what you a, think what a, that guy Norm really was a expert comedian? I have to say, he, I just oh. love that. But it's also interesting to see that he would do things just because he thought it was just shits and giggles. Like when he was on the MTVs, yeah. what was it? He was, he MTV, like that beach party thing. And he just kind of sat down and was just like, <laughs> and he was, you could see how the MTV host was trying to keep up with them. And they just yeah. physically, like, you know, he just kind of rapid fire. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, look at the celebrity. And he's like, he just keeps going. They're like, do we get rid of him? I don't know what to do. They're not equipped to handle yeah. that. <laughs> he just, he really just didn't care. And that's what made him so great. Like, yeah, he really did. He was, a lot of these comedians really were kind of a product of their time, but they did bring mm-hmm. some interesting things to the uh, medium of comedy. Yeah, not, not caring is actually a really good way to sum it up because that, that was his whole stick about not caring about the, the network feedback when he would joke about OJ when yeah. the NBC's president was friends with OJ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a defining trait, but also. Wasn't yeah. that, that kind of kicked off. Um, SNL, right? of SNL. Yeah, yeah, and then he they, they run back to host like a year or two later, and he goes, "Well, I guess I was right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it didn't really matter in the end." Um, they did a great joke about that in Family Guy too. It was a cutaway gag in one of the like late like like newer Christmas episodes where he's reading "Twas the Night Before Christmas," and the whole thing is him just being like, "Twas what? What is that? Why can't you just say it was?" And then it ends with him being like, "What? I'm fired. All right then." You know that uh, OJ killed a bunch of people. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, there you go. Ends with two, him shitting on OJ. There you go. Two two irreverent voices that uh, will not see the like of again. I think. Yeah. Uh, last little bit of game news, actually, before we move on. Uh, Nintendo kind of did like a. Kind of feels like they did like a Nintendo Direct today, but they didn't. Uh, it's Two big trailers for uh, Kirby and Pokemon games coming out this spring. Kirby mm-hmm. in the Forgotten Worlds. Uh, yeah, I remember the right. coming Lands. out on March 25th, which yeah. is sooner than expected, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jordan, tell us about that trailer. Uh, uh, it looked really cool. Um, uh, it looked it. I don't know to what degree it was really highlighting the uh, supposed like open worldness of the game. Um, there was a little bit where they sort of showed you like kind of like like zipping around on the warp star and I don't know if you could just like land in any spot but um, or if it's going to be more like level based with like like a big open like sprawling levels you could kind of like move around in. Um, it looks like it looks genuinely unique for a Kirby game like a like a more like a solid evolution of the of the the concept of the 3D Kirby game because so far every 3D Kirby game has been like set on a 2D plane for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, they showed off a couple new powers. One of them, you just straight up have a gun. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like, everybody's <laughs> gonna shoot some fools. Yeah, he just he's just capping fools. Um, what if Kirby had a gun? <laughs> well, I mean, but like he, he's, I mean, he's had like similar powers, sort of in like other games, like the the Ranger. That's that's what it's called, the Ranger ability. Uh-huh. Um, it, and it looks kind of just like similar to like you know like the Archer style or whatever, like from from previous games. Um. One of them's like a driller ability where you can like zip into the ground and pop up and kill guys. Um, Meta Knight made an appearance, which is cool. Uh, Bandana Waddle Dee made an appearance, so it looks like they're going to have co-op also in it. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a little town you can build. You have to free Waddledees, and you could like have a little town to move around in. I don't know that's to what cool. degree that's gonna. You know what you're saying Jordan, and that all sounds like nonsense to me. <laughs> well, well Waddledees are the little like powerless peons that you can. Yeah, they, they're like the little like little uh, like reddish looking Kirby's. Basically, the Goombas of Kirby. Yay. Yeah, more or less. What? So what yeah, no, it looks. It looks really, it looks really like really, um, really interesting. A lot of the levels look really nice. It's got like a really beautiful art style behind it. A lot of like really dynamic settings and like mm-hmm. good use of lighting, color. So I am, uh, I'm interested to see like what it what it coalesces into. Yeah, the one the one screenshot I saw kind of looks like uh, a 3D Mario World style of like splitting the worlds up, um, mm-hmm. the levels up, which is an interesting approach to go with, especially if it's like Kirby it, it, Odyssey. Uh, yeah, Kirby Odyssey yeah, slash Mini World, I guess. Yeah, more or less. Um, which I mean, it, if you're gonna play this heavily off of the like Mario Odyssey playbook, you might as well mm-hmm. lean a little bit more into it and just embrace this map style. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the other trailer shown was for Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is coming up uh very fast actually. Um. So this is the typical uh like gameplay overview trailer that Nintendo likes to do these days, where they run you through a bunch of the features and. And things like that there wasn't a whole lot new shown just kind of like walking you in detail how, like how you go through the certain gameplay loops of, of of the experience um although there are some different uh different kinds of encounters you can get to on the map like the alpha pokemon which are like uh a little bigger than the standard varieties of of, of their of their breeds as well as the um uh, the prime I, I i forget i'm blanking on what they call them but the primal type of uh like the big boss style pokemon encounters where you're basically dodging uh these they're, they're kind of like the totem pokemon from sun from sun and moon um, yeah i forget what they're called now spirit pokemon i don't know the biggins <laughs> yeah the biggins we'll call them the biggins <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you're you're dodging the biggins in, in, in these fights and throwing the, these bombs at them um like to create a to create, to create an opening to get your pokemon into have to fight for a little bit and Seems like an interesting uh, mechanic, although I'm still kind of wondering how Arceus is going to fit into this because we still have not seen hide or hair of it um, through the whole marketing cycle. He's got to uh, be there at the start to create all life. And then that's it. <laughs> that's it. The that's end. It. <laughs> Move on. Game over. Um, yeah, compared to where like when we first saw it around this time last year, I want to say it was, uh, I'm a little more impressed with it. I'm definitely feeling more excited, but uh, we'll see how it actually plays when it gets here because it does look like quite a departure for the series, like where you're crafting items and, and all this stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Every everything I see oh. about it just makes it look boring. Still, so, Brennan, I think uh, you're on mute. I couldn't. Sorry, no, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. okay. <laughs> he just cares not for Pokemon or Kirby. <laughs> I mean. He's, he's mouthing, wrong. what a bunch of BS. An open world. Oh, no, I just, I might have said <laughs> some comments that might not be great for I thought it <laughs> Well, that was yeah. the our news segment. So we'll kind of shift gears into our reviews and impressions. These are things that we've uh, been reviewing for the site recently. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Jordan, did you have anything this recently? I mean, I got a toothbrush. Yeah, tech. <laughs> Yes, I got the um, O-Clean Pro X Elite toothbrush and um, and a water pick. 
Okay, you know, how are they, Jordan? Look, guys, we have a lot of fun here at CG. But there's one you, thing that we don't hygiene. joke about, and that's tooth decay. It's the leading cause of death in America. It's not. And it's nothing to joke about. It's not. It's, I mean, it's not. Disclaimer. Carter accounts for 90% of all problems in no, the human health. No, that's also not true. Disclaimer, it's I mean, not. It's actually gingivitis. I mean, to a certain degree, oral health like does connect to like. I mean, sure. I guess <laughs> it's like brushing your teeth. Like, yeah, because because like gingivitis can lead to like like heart cancer, can't it? Or like, I feel like some you just stop, just stop saying things because I know I read that somewhere. <laughs> There's some connection to some kind of tooth problem to, like, to the heart yeah, thing. Like, yeah, I have heard that, but I'm nowhere problems, near qualified yeah. to speak on it. None of us are. Literally, I, I, I none of us are. Specifically. Went to dental school just so I could write this review. That's a part of my training. It's definitely um, not true. That's definitely a lie. 100% a lie. She did a big disclaimer the bottom of the video. None of this is true. I'll say um, it. it's a pretty damn good toothbrush. Uh, it's got I like know. a really, really solid... Um, like, Does it have uh, an LCD like, screen, Jordan? I, w- I want LCD screens in my toothbrushes. It's sort of... Kind of... It's not great. It's not the best. Um, it's... Um, yeah, it's kind of LCD, but it doesn't really like do a lot. Um, Could it, it just do? sorry? You no, know, you can you can like choose like your vibration setting or your like cleaning settings. Um, I think it's about it. <laughs> so it, can, um, it can adjust based on your needs for a toothbrush. Cool. Yeah, so like it's I think it's it's like it's something like it's got like like diamond plastic like polymer bristles or some shit and do your teeth feel more clean now than they've ever uh, you know what i will say it does a pretty damn good job Um, there you go it's uh it's so it's like automatically set to like a sort of a two minute timer you you know you can brush um and then once you're done it'll sort of give you like a like a reading it gives kind of gives you a score of your brushing and okay uh, like it'll show you like which like you know between your top your bottom and your top teeth Mm -hmm. Um, like how well it's got a gyroscope built in, so like it so figures like out what you've done. Yeah, from like the front to the back, so it t- sort of tells you like what your like you know your missed areas are and where to sort of improve. I'm not um, gonna lie, that's ridiculous, and I love it. It's you know what it's it's actually genuinely like helpful, right? Because like mm-hmm. I was last time I went to the dentist, I was actually told that like sort of the back, the lower back, um, mm-hmm. my left side of my teeth. Like if I just I, I need to improve my brushing there, or it could mm. lead to like me needing another like um needing another like filling. So it's kind of like knowing that that's an area I need to sort of like focus on. Like it sort of helps what I'm brushing to like and and get the sort of readout that like it's like okay you're doing mm. a good job back there. Like but also you gotta like focus on your other parts too. Mm. Um, the only thing about it that I will say is really stupid, and it kind of makes me laugh is that there's supposed to be an app for it so you can mm-hmm. like like adjust your settings and track like what you're doing and it straight up doesn't work like straight up doesn't <laughs> work i like i read i went into the comments on the play store mm-hmm. to like see if, if it was just me but like no it's like every single person is saying like like one star review this app straight up does not work hmm. that seems like so a i don't know if it's just the toothbrush I have, because every time I literally, and it's like, and it's not just me. Like it's, I've seen a bunch of people have the exact same problem. You try to like Bluetooth the, the, the app or the, the, the toothbrush to the app. And it just like says that the SIN number is wrong and it just will not connect. So it's like, weird. I don't know if weird, it's some weird world we well, live in now with suffer masks and Bluetooth and your toothbrush. <laughs> the world is really dumb. The answer is yeah. the world is real dumb. It's really so, weird and really kind of cool, but also just weird. Mostly yeah. weird. Like Bluetooth 90% in your, weird. In your, 
fridge. You could play Skyrim on your fridge. That was a I don't joke. want to do that. That was made. <laughs> that, that was like the Bethesda. I think I saw somewhere this week actually that you can play Doom by phone now, like call into a number or something. That's really stupid. But <laughs> Go I left. <laughs> Shoot Debbie Gorgon. No, too slow. You're dead. <laughs> too slow. He got you. Shoot Taco uh, Demon. Why is Twitch play? Why is Twitch plays Doom not a thing yet? Haven't they tried that yet? Question. They tried Twitch plays Pokemon. I guess the fact that. Yeah. To like using a chat, like, oh, the chat says go left, go left, go right, shoot. Yeah. It'd be really bad to play a game like. Well, and that, and the, even the whole thing with Twitch plays Pokemon, didn't they have to like disable it for a bit because like people like weren't doing like what was necessary to like progress forward? Yes. Like... Yes. I, I believe on one of the runs, yeah, a bunch of that did happen. And they had to like install some rules on the fly for the very first thing to get mm-hmm. through the game. And mm-hmm. it was really tooth or nail, like whether they'd actually get through it on the very first run, but they did in the end. If they I managed to make it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's they're so still yeah. going, I think, actually. But I, I'm, I'm seeing that people have tried Twitch Plays Doom. I'm just not sure how successful it was. Dumb. I imagine it'd be fun. <laughs> Seems Twitch like plays really, Dark Souls. It's not really a way to play a first person shooter <laughs> not even a little bit uh so brendan tell us about archive 81 yeah um so this is the new series that by uh james wan i guess he's executive producer on the series uh it is the story of a archivist who is trying who is hired to restore some old burned like super 8 videotapes that are from the some old apartment building and as he does he starts getting kind of a window into what happened at the building and the concept of it is really good i loved the actors i loved how they kind of set the world up where each tape act like the the restoring of the tapes acted as a framing device for the past section that kind of gives you an idea of what happened and why it all happened and you kind of got got piecemeal every episode you got a little bit more and a little bit more um but <clears throat> they had this concept of like found footage and all those kind of analog formats but they kind of did that for like five seconds of each new episode they made it like no just normal episode it's just a normal <laughs> digital recording that looks like any other digital recording so you kind of lose yeah. that analog feel very quickly. Hmm. Also, I felt the CGI they used made it feel more like a sci-fi original movie than the kind of dark plotting mystery that they were trying to do. And I don't, I don't know a way around that because the way they're trying to tell it's like the kind of the the ghost in the machine type situation, but it looked real bad at times, and that took away from the feel of the episodes. It also took away the dread. Like there was a lot of good moments of dread, and then there's a lot of cheese that kind of makes it not work as well as it could. There's a lot of just missed opportunities throughout the season, and it ends in a way that I wasn't hugely a fan of. Hmm. There's a lot of yeah. It it could have been a lot better because the actors they had were great but they tried doing a lot of things that just didn't work as well as it could. And it just failed in part due to that. Hmm. This is, uh, this is something quite different for James Wan, isn't it? Like, well, he's only executive producer. He's not directing. Let's be clear. Oh, okay. Uh, but he, I mean, he did saw he's done the fast and the furious movies. So he's done a lot of weird stuff and he, and he did the conjuring movies as well. So 
he so knows for, for him, I always think of like Fast and the Furious and like that's yeah. end of list. I, I forgot he did Aquaman. Oh, he did Aquaman too. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but he, he's because one of his first movies was Saw. So he knows horror. And yeah, Dana was saying the first episode didn't grab her. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So is this is all launching then on tomorrow? On it's Netflix? launching tomorrow on Netflix or midnight or whenever Netflix puts its new stuff up. But yeah. And it's eight episodes for the first season. We'll see if we get to the second season. Side, side note, this is based on a podcast that you can just go and listen to right now if you want to kind of just spoiler your way through the season, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it's funny because I was watching the episodes. I'm like, this feels familiar. I don't know why. And I looked up like the names in the show. I'm like, oh, it's based on a podcast I actually listened to. <laughs> so how, how does it compare to the podcast then? Uh, the podcast, I, again, same problem. The first half is really good because it's kind of like a mystery. Like you don't know what's going on. A lot of like dread and stuff. Um, yes, well, painting Dana's office is when I actually first uh, listened to the podcast. Uh, but after about halfway, they kind of go a little too sci-fi, and it takes away a lot of that like plotting dread that they kind of tried to build up, and it becomes more like a sci-fi type story rather than a ghost or like mysterious happenings type story and i feel that takes away the fear that the original part of the season kind of brings forward Hmm. i don't i feel it's it's hard to do that kind of show that kind of bends on those two realms of like sci-fi horror and just straight up horror and when it's done badly it can kind of fall flat and when it's done well you get alien or that sort of thing and i feel this is more on the bad side, but that's me. Hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's that's always like it's always tough when you when you peek behind the curtain too far with mm-hmm. uh, with something like that. Like signs comes to mind. Um, oh yeah, signs. Yeah, that's kind of like my go-to example of like, oh, here's this cool build-up, and it all just leads to this ridiculous <laughs> yeah. half hour. That yeah, and I feel mad, actually, <laughs> and and that's the thing for me. It, it is the problem of building up mystery and dread is great, but if you don't have the payoff to actually deliver on that, just leave it like a mystery. Don't ever show something that's going to take away all the work you've done building it up. Yeah, veer towards Blair Witch instead of science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, look at this way. If Alien had like, a big purple, like, fuzzy monster as a creature, you'd be like, well, that was a letdown. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I I feel like uh, they could have made it scary. <laughs> then it would have been all right. But you have to be able to deliver on what you're building up. And I, yeah, I felt the absolutely. CGI they used and the kind of bad multi-dimensional thing they went with just didn't really work as well as there are ghosts and this cult worships them. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's like where do you land with that too, though, right? Like that's only like three quarters of the of the road laid. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, in terms of review stuff, the last thing I actually had again to get a chance to talk to you last week was I reviewed Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker, which has been out for mm-hmm. a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, think, Chris, I adored it actually. Mm-hmm. Um. No, it's it's funny with 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 expansions like this because it's actually going to last two years before it's actually done done. Mm-hmm. Um, just two years with with the way that they do their update cycles. Um, and you still can't purchase it, which I find crazy. 
yes, it, the sales are still disabled <laughs> because uh, there's too many people trying to get on, which made <laughs> reviewing so it weird. real fun. So weird. Yeah, it's just it it was bonkers. Like I'd, I'd go to log on and there'd be four thousand people. That just never happens. Like normally <laughs> when I go try to go on, least, even even at peak hours, well, right? like 40, 50 people, and it was four thousand. Uh, so that they're all leaving WoW and they want to go somewhere else. And again, exactly, yeah, that's a big part of it is the the WoW exodus. But, and Final um, Fantasy fourteen seems to really have just like claimed every single person that left WoW for some weird reason. Well, we're like we're all going to go to get that fixed, right? Like it's the best other thing in town right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so with, with with the way they do their expansion cycles, like the game launch, like the expansion launched, it has like a, a self-contained story, mm-hmm. and then they spend like the next two years adding patches and adding content and more story stuff comes out, and usually that kind of period is used to bridge the gap between that and the next expansion. Mm-hmm. What they did with Endwalker this time uh, is that the expansion when it launched had the whole concise story of Endwalker, and mm-hmm. when um and when the next patch six point or the, when the next major patch. 6.1 comes out in a few months it'll be the start of like the next story saga so what they've done is they've they've wrapped up the whole story of the whole game so far and they're moving out of something okay. else within the story um okay. so basically yeah normally it would be two years before you'd see the, you know the end of mm. the storyline they didn't do that this time they crammed it all into one um and it was by far the most concise and interesting and well-paced expansion to date for the game mm-hmm. um they have a real habit of uh, sending you on fetch quests and things like that. There's parts in Shadowbringers, the previous expansions, where it's just like, you're so clearly stalling for time. Please, let me move <laughs> on. Um, and like even with, like, even all those new players, like the community's constantly telling them, like, yeah, the first the, first, the core expansion, the core experience is really slow. Mm-hmm. It's building a lot. Just be patient. It's going to be a slog. Just get through it. Um, yeah, not so much mm-hmm. with this. It was by far the game's best writing and uh, pacing experience for all that and just gets into really really interesting thematic stuff um which i won't say too much because it's spoilers and also dependent on <laughs> for previous expansions of uh of yeah. story development That's a lot. but um yeah no they they managed to make all the narrative pull all the all the narrative threads through um there's some stuff that comes up it's like oh my god i forgot about that all this like, this certain thing that happened three expansions ago and it's brought up and it's relevant and it's handled well and it doesn't detract from the whole thing it's a really fine balancing act they pulled off that's cool um yeah there's two new jobs as well reaper and sage i got to try them out during the preview thing and i still can't use the sage class with the dam because i'm not a good healer um it's more <laughs> of an advanced class that yeah. had me daunted like right away i was like no i can't i can't do this up I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna get somebody killed i'm gonna get booted yeah. out of the party um but the reaper class is kind of fun that like you, you you have a big death scythe essentially and it's got some cool teleportation things really expands the the uh the core gameplay in an interesting way but um yeah no i gave it a 9.5 it's uh and i'm i, I said by the, by the time the you know, all, all the expansion content comes out like by the time you know the next story is about to arrive and this one's put the bed it's going to be probably a 10 out of 10. It's awesome. wow but, uh, it's yeah, so no. it's so crazy like to to think like how far um like like final fantasy online has come since mm-hmm. like what was it 12. Um, 11. 11 was the first one. Or 11, yeah, 11. Sorry, 11. Yeah, and like, and how, like, just how poorly received that one was, like, compared to, like, like you know, the things that were out at the time. And now, yeah, like, whenever I, whenever I see people talking about, like, basically, like, any MMO nowadays, mm-hmm. it's pretty much exclusively Final Fantasy XIV. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. And it's like... like it... Go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna say it's it's crazy to me just hearing you like hearing you talk about too like like all of the like the narrative structure and how well put together it is like because like thinking back to like even like wow in its heyday um like when I was playing it like I know you know like they, uh, they were you know they did, they did stuff with like Wrath of the Lich King and all this stuff and like it's like it was meant to be these like big monumentous like like moments. But like when you're playing it, at no point did I ever feel like it ever really mattered. Like mm. a lot of cool like set pieces and no substance. Pretty much, yeah. Like because it's just like all the questing and like stuff just like just felt all the same. The way you got quests all felt the same. Like it didn't really have that sort of like like production flair, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's no like narrative substance to it. I I've really only played Final Fantasy 14 when it comes to MMOs. Like, I've, I've, I've done a 30-day trial of WoW and just thought nothing mm -hmm. of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Not for me. Especially knowing how the end game grind is, I'm just not... Yeah. No. Uh, Guild Wars 2 was kind of interesting one too. as well. Oh, yeah. No, nowadays it sounds like hell. It sucks. It's probably it sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, Guild Wars 2 is another one I've tried, and that did a uh, better job of trying to tell a narrative in an MMO. It's a tough medium, to be fair. Like, it's not... Uh, it's not built for story content no necessarily not the same way any other like offline Final fantasy game would be per se um, yeah so all, all the more kudos that it like it feels so powerful and it feels like one of the best final fantasy stories they've told in like a decade so um yeah no and to come back to your point actually about final fantasy 11 too like that, that came out before wow and, and it's kind of died for a little bit like they literally stopped making story content for it a couple of years ago and during the pandemic it's seen a resurgence too like there's there gets getting new story content there's like a lot of people playing it by comparison um and yeah no it's like it's such as the power of Final Fantasy 14 that's brought back 11 <laughs> to some extent too. yeah that <laughs> and being trapped inside that'll that'll do things to people yeah um so yeah this is, uh, I'm just, gonna throw this out there just just to wrap up a little, just a ridiculous story uh, you remember Logan Paul bought that $3.5 million um, box of Pokemon cards? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Apparently it's fake. It's straight up fake. <laughs> so wait, he got scammed or the whole thing was just a bullshit story? No, no, he got scammed. And then he kind of credited his money back and now they're trying to get the money back from the original person. And it's, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of money that they just got scammed on and that's ridiculous so his yeah apparently there's some gi joe cards in there like it seems like there was just random stuff in the box <laughs> <laughs> it was a rule card for poker no, like kudos to that take out of the deck <laughs> that's just some real ingenuity and like uh entrepreneurial spirit to just be like i'm gonna throw some crap in a box and bait logan paul <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it, but come on he baited logan paul like was it that hard it's kind of like do a like a like a roadrunner trap essentially like <laughs> wild yeah. coyotes out there <laughs> putting Pokemon cards right in a cardboard a, box uh, in Iowa. He ran into a painted wall. <laughs> I just had to mention that because it was just like, of course it's fake. Like one hundred percent, of course it's fake. I'm just kind of worrying now how oh, how fake fantastic. is it too? Like was this all a plant? Like oh my god, Logan Paul is gonna buy five point three million dollars <laughs> and stage the whole thing. No, I think, I, I think he's like he's like claimed clawed his money back or something like that, and oh, this sounds all super dumb, but it's amazingly super dumb. I don't think I've heard a single thing with his name in it that wasn't super dumb. To be fair, no, that is one hundred percent accurate. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's kind of like on his business cards, dumb. Will be Ooh. super dumb. 
will cause spectacle for, for money. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's a good boxer, though, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Sure. I heard he's not half bad. It's all Anyone relative. Can, can t- take and throw a punch. I believed it was him. I mean, who okay. did he fight though? Was that another Floyd like... Mayweather? Yeah, he fought, uh-huh. he fought Mayweather. But Mayweather's also like in his fifties. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Let me be clear here. I still could not fight Floyd Mayweather. Let me be. I don't think I could fight either one of them, to be honest. Yes, that doesn't <laughs> so mean that like... I think if he went against someone that is like in their prime, do I think he'd win? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, yeah, that, you know, that remains knows? to be seen. He's fought yeah. a lot of like retired or like low tier mm-hmm. boxers. It's kind of like going down to the retirement home and picking somebody to punch you. But then yeah. again, it still is Floyd Mayweather. Even like in his fifties, you know, it's still like. Well, would you pick a fight with him? No, <laughs> I already said that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not you. One I mean, retired like Mayweather is worth ten Jordan B. Ortiz, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Power ranking level. I mean, Four. Floyd Mayweather is now. I'm looking how old he is. He, oh, he's only 44. Oh, okay. Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. I thought he was much older. He's only like six years older than me. That's sobering. Well, you, you could you you could maybe take him. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. Not, not that much of an age gap. You just hit the gym. He's been, he's been retired for how long? And, and carried the two. And learned how to box. Just punch. That's that's not easy. The situation at all. Have you played punch out? You just gotta dodge. Wait till he gets tired and do an uppercut. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Which which boxer from Punch Out would Floyd Mother? Floyd Merriweather be the closest Mayweather. To Mayweather, Merriweather. <laughs> Merriweather. He's a, he's a hobbit now. It's he's fun. a British, he's a British nanny now. <laughs> Could you take a punch from Floyd Mayweather, a hobbit version? No. Maybe. Right in the I thigh. Mean, okay, no, but Sam <laughs> Sam killed a bunch of orcs. He could probably take Mayweather. Yeah, orcs are basically pure muscle. Exactly. He murdered a bunch of and he killed Shelob. This is ridiculous. What yeah. you guys been playing? <laughs> <laughs> But to answer your question, Chris, the one person who could beat Floyd Mayweather from Punch It would probably be Mike Tyson. Mm. And Mr. Dream. Well, yeah, but you know, we know who he is. Mr. Dream. <laughs> we know who he is. For legal reasons, it's Mr. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, or debatably Little Mac, because he beat everybody. Canonically speaking, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah anyways, Brian, you were playing Hades recently, right? I, yeah, I played a bit of Hades. That's, that was a while ago. Actually, everything I've been playing this week, uh, I can't talk about because of embargoes and such. Dana was so really excited to exciting. talk about it too. From what yeah, I Hades remember. is fun though. Hades is really oh, cool. Oh, so it. good. Yeah, solid game, and it's on it's on Game Pass right now. So All if right. you haven't played it, play it. I was and thinking and I you need know to what? play it because everyone keeps talking about it, like every like two months. It's really level. good. It's yeah, solid. And it's it's Dana's it's, actually it's, bad at it apparently. It's super stuff. interesting because I wasn't a huge fan of um, Bastion or mm. uh, Transistor before yeah. Hades, but like I could not stop playing Hades once Hades, I finally got it. Also, the, the art style so story good. is great too. The art style is great. The just the 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 depth and level mm-hmm. of like dialogue and like how much like voice acting went into it. Like it's just oh, it's like, so much voice acting for a game that's crazy. like crazy. Yeah, it's a really good game. 
the the amount of different like combinations you can get to mm -hmm. from like the different like god boons you get like other gods will like have like uh like dialogue prompts through it like it's mm -hmm. nuts oh yeah no mm -hmm. it's so good it's fantastic yeah it's one of those ones i need to get on because like yeah like i said every, every get on that, like, Chris. Come i'm on, finally yeah, playing hades God, damn, i should really check that out <laughs> i don't know rook lights have a small short light short shelf life with me like i don't uh i don't well love you know but it's formula. it's really it's not, easy to get into and yeah, and it's not a it's not a it's not a rogue light per uh, uh, so much as it is a rogue legacy, um, yeah, because there is. are there are rogue light elements to it, but there is a lot of ways that you can get like permanent upgrades to keep, mm. like keep going through the right. uh, through like each like level or each like each run. Um, and again, and it's not it's not like a lot of these other rogue lights that like you know like um, like the Binding of Isaac, for example. Like the yeah. Binding of Isaac gets to a point. Like once you've played it enough that it like it like the the runs themselves become so crazy long that it goes from like okay you know you start the game it's like four levels and then the final boss and you can get through it in like a half an hour to like yeah. these runs that like literally take you like two three hours to finish um it's like every just like there's only there's only four levels and it's just, it's very easy to blow through them really fast mm -hmm. And hey, Hades does every time. Well, I mean, the four sections. There's like lots of different yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. rooms and stuff. Like, yeah, I think fair. each That's section fair. has about eight rooms or something like that. It's something. Like yeah, that. something like that. And they they randomly generated, so it does. It is different every single time. Mm -hmm. Well, um, speaking of things I have been playing and Game Pass, uh, I have found myself sucked into Halo Infinite's multiplayer somewhat. I still haven't touched mm -hmm. the campaign, but. Uh, Something clicked with me with the with it. I don't know. I, I I was a fan of Halo Three and Halo Reach's multiplayers and sunk a fair amount of time into those. Um, but it wasn't until I tried Infinite with a friend um, that I was kind of like, oh my god, this is actually a lot of fun. And I like last weekend they were doing this the samurai events that they have in Infinite where you can get samurai themed gear for your nice. for your Spartan. And uh, so I got got sucked into that. Although it's still not a great um way of, of, of unlocking those like you have to do special challenges that are themed to the event but you know the challenges you get are also randomized so you have to use these challenge swap things that you can get from the past and other things to like actually get them to come up to the samurai challenges mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not a great uh, delivery system and they're still working on it and i still find it really annoying in that you unlock parts for specific armor cores right so you have your mm -hmm. mark five your mark seven and the samurai armor core but like if you unlock a color for one armor core you can't just use that on any armor core it's only for the mark seven if you yeah. want colors for your mark five you need to buy the battle pass and unlock special different colors for that armor core that's so dumb Real yeah dumb. yeah it's insulting really like it's just like you know it, just basic colors like not even like the fancy golden armor or anything like that this is just stuff that you could have gone into halo 3 10 years ago and just put on your spartan changed yeah yeah yeah, I you know we I think we kind of knew to a certain degree that like the battle pass was going to sneak its way into Halo Infinite, like as and probably more so because they made it like a free to play like add on mm -hmm. thing separate from Halo Infinite's like main story. Um, so it's uh, it's it's gross, but that's the game industry for you. Well, da, da, yeah, da, I mean. So. Some battle like, passes are better than others. Like I, I still think Destiny Two does a good job with their battle passes, mm -hmm. but this is just plain insulting, exploitative. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. 
But that samurai armor looks like pretty cool. So what am I going to do? <laughs> grind, grind, grind. Grind, grind, grind. Speaking of grinding, <laughs> the other thing I tried actually this week was Dark Souls 3, and uh, I was about ready to quit. <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's that's the penultimate Dark Souls experience. You play it for 10 minutes and you're ready to quit. I gave it an hour. Um, <laughs> first of all, that character builder does not look good. The game did no, not no, no. well. Well, it, but you know what it's 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 almost like it's like it's a joke because you can like it's so in depth like how much you can sort of like customize your character and then you spend the entire game wearing armor that you cannot see your character in that like too. it's pointless <laughs> like, just like it's i absolutely pointless i i, I experienced this phenomenon where i'll spend time in a character builder make something i'm happy with and it looks good mm. in the character builder first cutscene looks like garbage Yep. But after I finished my character in a thing and started to load before before he went off the screen, I was like, God, he looks bad already. Mm -hmm. What's he gonna look like in game? I'm already starting at a really low point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I got to the first boss and uh gave it like a good hour's try, couldn't get anywhere. Um, had it all down to a science with um like how to actually beat the enemies outside of the boss room, had that all figured yeah. out, had that feeling like feeling like a badass, go in there and just get absolutely trumped um really yeah. demoralizing and then like I, I was ready to take my copy out of, of, a, of a ps4 and trade it in but i was talking to a friend and, and i was like i was doing this this and this he goes you're doing everything right just keep trying to get through it yeah. and see how you, how you like it past that point well damn, the, I'll the, try the, it. and I'll, I'll i'll say too that the first boss in dark souls 3 is like a, a genuinely hard boss um it's that giant i forget its name it's like a giant suit of armor and then you once you get it down to half health it like morphs into this giant like amorphous blob Oh yeah, like that's arm a weird one. With like a spear, yeah. It's like it's it's genuinely one of the harder like first yeah. bosses for a Souls game, um, because yeah, like the Pit Demon in Dark Souls One is like pretty genuinely pretty easy. Um, I mean, the Dark Souls One had some weird. That one that had the butterfly. Was that Dark Souls? Yeah, that you need you need a little ranged weapon or magic, or you got to bring that. And if you like, don't have uh, it, you're like I don't. So you, you I went there yeah, and I had there's... nothing ranged. So I'm sitting going. I literally cannot hit it. I don't. There's like <laughs> one opening where it lands towards like yeah. where the bridge is, but it's just, it takes so long for it to happen. Um, yeah, but that one, but even that boss is like pretty pretty easy to kill. Like, oh, once, they're all, like once, once you figure once it out, if, and even like I I still remember the ways I cheesed Demon Souls. Like I went to yeah. the um, I got Stormbringer and went to the the uh, place with the manta rays. Yeah. And you're just gonna like you just like slash the uh, sky and like you kill them all in like five seconds. Walk back, walk back in, do that again. And you're like, okay, I've mm -hmm. I've just gained like thirty levels. Cool. <laughs> what, uh, Chris? What class did you did you pick? Ah, uh, mercenary. Hmm. Uh, no, should have should have gone waste of skin. Hmm. Uh, see, that sounded Why? like a challenge class to me. Like that's it's like you know what, but that's but that's the thing. It really isn't like just because like again, like like the first level, like the first enemies in the area, like they're all e pretty easily killable. So mm -hmm. like waste of skin is genuinely like, and I was I was convinced too because I always thought picking like the knight or the mercenary was like the, or like the assassin was like the better choice. But Brendan Quinn like really mm -hmm. sold me on it because yeah, like you when you when you start with a character who has basically like just like a one on every stat it like gives you a lot more freedom to build the character how mm. you want and to like mm. min max your stats in a way that like so like if you really want to build a character that's like primarily focused on strength or primarily focused on skill like you can really like put those skills where you want them to be whereas like you choose the 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 warrior class he already starts with 10 skill points mm -hmm. in 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 strength so it like kind of like f's your build a little bit hmm 
That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like mercenary sounds like a good compromise in terms of strength and also being maneuverable. Like from mm -hmm. what I do, what mm -hmm. little I do know of the series, and yeah, the night I is hard. From... The night is slow. Yeah, yeah, and like from what I, from what little I've, I like I've seen of people play the game. There's a great run by Monster Factory with the Macover Brothers, <laughs> where they've they've modded the game so much that like all the enemies come charging at you from across like the whole area. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So like I had that like pro strategy in my mouth, dodge, dodge, dodge. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I wanted to maintain that balance between speed and like you know attack, but mm -hmm. I just wasn't doing anything to the boss, and like I started to reach this point of like, is the whole game going to be like this? Like, is this whole game going to just <laughs> disrespect yeah. my time yes, and energy it is. well it 100 and this <laughs> this is this is why honestly i would i would recommend because i remember like long long ago um when i remember like kind of like first when dark souls like started blowing mm -hmm. up um i at the time i had uh dark souls 2 on the 360 mm -hmm. and i like for the life of me could not get into it um and it really wasn't until i played bloodborne that I like genuinely fell in love with like souls like games. Mm. So I would recommend to you, Chris, to play, play Bloodborne first. Mm. If you can get through like, cause Bloodborne and Bloodborne. Bloodborne's like, harder the, I find. Well, you know what? I find it's the opposite because I think because the way Bloodborne is sort of structured more to be a bit faster and more combat focused, mm -hmm. like the way it sort of incentivizes you into combat, like with the health system and everything. Um, it's a bit easier to get into. And then once you sort of understand how Bloodborne works, I, I found for me at least, it was actually easier for me to get into Dark Souls after that. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I well, mean, Demon on... Souls, Demon Souls uh, remaster is kind of great, so you can do yeah. that too. Would that be like... PS5. Oh yeah, but like, is that be like easier? Uh, Demon um, Souls is more plotting. Yeah. Um, it's it's a want, very like... different kind of game. Like it's if you learn like it's always the exact same. So if you learn like the placement of enemies and stuff, like you can basically jump, kill, jump over here, kill a guy. It becomes kind of almost a waltz as you get as you learn the levels. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like I I really enjoyed uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is like a Souls like. Yeah, it's very um, Souls. And even like the demo for Stranger Paradise Fallen Fantasy Origins, like I didn't mind that either, but uh, just. Mm. Yeah, no, that boss fight really. I mean, and it's there. I, I you can clearly tell it's there to scare people away. Like this is oh, the yeah, yeah. Keeper of the whole experience. But uh, I was and, about ready to throw away my key at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I know, I know a lot of. I think I've heard a lot of like fans of the Dark Souls series say that like three is one of the like lesser liked ones. Like, I think two was the one that people had the most problems with. Yeah, two I think is the most hated. One is still sort of beloved as the best. <laughs> That sounds about normal. It's one, three, two. Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. Soul and and or like Bloodborne, sort of like off in a league of its own. <laughs> may may vary by audience, yeah. Uh, and then Jordan, what were you, what are you playing this week? Oh, I finally got around and actually played video games this week. If you can That's believe boss, it, I don't believe <laughs> it. I've never heard of it. So so I I, I really I finally sat down and uh, and gave um, Death's Door a chance. And, okay. Yeah. Speak um, of souls like or roguelike? Uh you know what? It's not. It's not super roguelikey. It's actually fairly structured. It reminds me a lot of Hyperlight Drifter. Actually, um, it's got a very similar style. That kind of like top down ish, um, like you know, it's kind of Zelda style gameplay. Very mm -hmm. similar style of like you have you start the game with um with a melee weapon and a ranged weapon, and you like restore ammo for your ranged weapon with like melee hits. So it's a lot of like, you know, get a few hits in, dodge, like pop a couple rain shots off, get back in, like, mm -hmm. you know, keep moving in and out of the fight. 
Um, very, very, like, very cool art style. I really like, you know, you play as a little raven. It's really cute. Um, and I haven't gotten super far into it. There's sort of, like, three specific, like, like dungeons you have to go into. Uh, so I kind of just started the first one. Um, but I'm really liking its vibe. And I, you know, um, I finally got around to playing uh, Deltarune Chapter 2. Now, y'all know me. How much same I love... Yeah, I know, say the yes. same old G. Love me some Undertale-y. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, as much I that I I love Undertale is my one of my favorite games of all mm-hmm. time. You know, tied for first with uh, Metroid Prime. And uh, Delta Rune Chapter 1 was like no exception. It's like Toby Fox doing what he does best, which is mm-hmm. crafting a like genuinely like interesting world with like endearing characters like a really deep uh like gameplay like really like really um subversive elements to like the with like the, like the rpg structure and the narrative structure even the whole way like the the first chapter starts you know like kind of flipping the ideas that undertale had on its head that like you know this is a game where sort of like choice matters and you spend the whole like you know first like five minutes uh, b- putting together a character just for the game to go all right f you like it doesn't matter the character we're going to give you the character like nothing your, your choices don't matter in this game um the uh and so i kind of ha- when they when they released the second chapter i i downloaded it on the pc like when i went on twitter and saw that like toby fox was like hey i'm gonna release the second chapter of delta rune you guys can download it um and i kind of just like held off on playing it i think because i was like scared because I had such reverence for these games mm-hmm. that like, I just like, I, I, I wasn't ready to jump into the second chapter. Um, but I finally did. And uh, it, yeah, it's like, it's just as good. The, the, the whole setting is like cyber themed. Um, like the characters are all great. The way that they sort of like split you up and give you like new characters that join your team are, is, uh, is, is really unique. Um, the uh the special boss that you get in it because like and so the first chapter had a special boss and now this one did it was a little bit more like front and center with it mm-hmm. um but it was it was cool because it like tied into like undertale a little bit more too like there were a lot of like little subtle nods to uh to a specific character in uh in undertale and uh the music was amazing there was a freaking strong bad reference in this <laughs> i swear to god there was oh my god it was um there's a there's a group of there's a group there's these three uh characters they're sort of like they're sort of like modeled after like like a like an old cd player like a boom box and like a like a you know i think it was like a turntable and uh they're they're called sweet cap'n cakes like k-k-s <laughs> uh which any any uh, strong bad fan knows it's sweet cup and cakes and uh there's actually a part where they actually like there's the if you recall the part from the Sweet Cup and Cakes, like Strongbad's character with the Casio head, then he plays the demo when he gets mad. They actually like used that on like a loop. They just like kind of like altered it a little bit. And I, well, I texted my one my language, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I texted my one buddy who again, like he's like like me, he's a huge uh, Undertale and Strongbad fan. And I like texted him a picture. I'm like the like this cheeky bastard. He threw a Strongbad reference in here. And he's should, like, oh, so we have girls slide, but it's okay. <laughs> He so was just like, uh, <laughs> what's her face? The ugly one. <laughs> oh my god, that's so yeah. So it's just uh, yeah. I can't. I honestly can't. Cannot speak highly of it enough. And I um, I mean, I was I was genuinely like leveled by it because I 
I didn't realize too that that Toby is planning seven chapters for this game. I thought he was just doing four. Mm, um, well, there you the, go. The first, the first two were going to be free, and then everything else was going to be paid for afterwards. Uh, so, so yeah, that, like that's, I was, uh, comes up to a good question from Ed in the chat. Wanted to know: Is it worth playing the episodes as they come out, or best to wait for the whole thing to drop? Um, I think uh, it it depends because i really feel like you can you know if you want to wait for him to release all of it then you're probably going to be waiting quite a while because well, that's you know, not been too long way... chapters right like it well yeah it's it was like what i think like a year or two i think he put the first chapter out in 2000 oh, i think yeah the first chapter came out in 2019 was it that long already okay, I, I thought it was the, the, um, like like six months well because yeah, he, yeah a year per chapter that means we're going to be waiting a while to get to he time. really i think he he i remember he released the first chapter um uh and then like on on pc and then it was it was a bit of a while before it came out like to consoles and stuff um mm. i just want to uh I'm just going to try and look it up very quickly right now if I can find it. Because I want to say it was 2018, um, but I or think it might have been 2019. Was it 2018? Yeah, December 31st. Yeah. Oof, it's so, a ways. So, yeah. So, that's what I mean. Like, so, it's so it's been a little bit of a while. So, um, <laughs> like, I think, I think, like, you can, you can play them in gaps. And I, because just mm -hmm. because I feel like the way, uh, the way that Toby thus far has sort of been setting up this universe as like it's kind of connected to Undertale, but also seemingly separate from Undertale. Like there's hints that yeah. like things are like that, you know, there's, there's parts of the story that are connected. And there's like little like narrative threads that, you know, if you know enough about the story of Undertale and what it's like, you know, sort of more like meta themes were then like it kind of makes sense um and like you know to have those gaps between uh release times kind mm -hmm. of like gives you a lot of time to sort of like speculate and it's it, there's that like level of fun behind it um but i think yeah you could probably you could probably wait for the whole thing to drop if you want to personally i i wouldn't just because like this is just you know my i, I need my my delta rune fix as much as i can that's fair yeah, I, actually, I I think I heard Yahtzee say that on something recently that uh, he's waiting until it's all out because he loves yeah. the like, so much. Like, but yeah, that's a long gap between if it's if it's. All I don't want to wait seven years to play a game. That's a long time. That's what I mean. Yeah, because he's he's basically building this thing like by himself. Like, I know he does he does have help from other people like doing like some coding work and stuff. But tip, like for the most part, like like all the story, like most of mm -hmm. the music, like everything, like he does it all. Like. Hmm character designs and everything like he Ooh. pretty much comes up with everything so cool. unless he's been using that time to kind of preload <laughs> like uh yeah the content and he's got like a much more in the like in the, in the works than would suggest uh yeah that could be a very long time yeah Which, uh, yeah it gives you the time to speculate but it also gives you that much time for you to forget all the rest of the experience it <laughs> you know to, to soften the impact so i guess you can go either yeah. way but that's also, I think, it, it it plays well into that thing because just because of their their so like well contained little experiences mm -hmm. that like it's it's genuinely hard to forget what happened. Like it it mm -hmm. is so memorable and it has such staying power behind it that like it like you know it just it it just sort of like it gets you excited for the next one. The next one happens, you're like, oh shit, like that that connects to that part and that connects to that part, kind of like and you know this guy this guy knew this thing. Like it's uh yeah. <laughs> cool 
Got a little excited well, there. Yeah, you did. It happens. These things happen. Uh, but that's going to do it for us for this week, actually. Uh, so if you'd like to read more on these new topics we talked about at the top of the show and more, you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com. Be sure to follow CG Magazine on all, on all the socials, like uh, like here on Switch mm-hmm. or uh, wherever else you're watching this. Uh, you can search for us at, under CG Mag, and you'll you'll find us one way or another. Uh, if you have any Crazy questions or concept. comments, I know, right? It's a uh, visibility <laughs> online. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. We'd love to answer them on the air. If you didn't uh, get your questions in the chat. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is our second episode doing the whole live thing. Trying on some new software this time, which I, I saw. I saw Brandon just uh, Brandon just found something while we were chatting a minute ago. Didn't know we could blast the questions on screen like that. That's we can. That's a. It's kind of neat. Fascinating. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep uh, playing around with this format. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, until then, where can where can people find you, Brandon? B Fry twenty six on basically everything. And Jordan. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ninja Jordan, Ninja X Jordan. And you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. What is this, a hat for ants? Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Hoogathy, that's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y, or here on Twitch at Guild Two Taps. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. We can wave, I guess. Farewell!